This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? We have drunkenly made our way to episode number 21 as uh, it is Super Bowl week. Unfortunately, the Eagles aren't playing in it. Uh, in a dream I had, they were. Uh, but unfortunately, I woke up with my uh, some wet pants, some soiled drawers, and a whiskey bottle knocked over. But that's a whole entire different story altogether. But let's welcome the crew back together. As I look to my left, I see the beautiful and the bold the editor-in-chief of Bleeding Green Nation, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowden. What's going on, buddy? Hey, it's nice to be back. It's, it's been too long. Yeah, we got to knock some of the rust off here. And as I look to the middle, well, a man that needs no rust knocking off as he is doing this daily, the super producer from 97.5 The Fanatic, Mr. James Zeltzer. What's going on, buddy? John, my pants are dry, so I, can, <laughs> I consider that a win. For now. I mean, you always wear a robe, so that really doesn't count. You know what I'm saying? You're never wearing pants. Fair point, John. Fair point. <laughs> uh, to the right, we call him the professor. He's Patty Ice to me, one of the wonderful minds of NFL football, Mr. Patrick Wall. What's going on, bud? Oh, man. I got to throw you a couple extra dollars for these <laughs> awesome introductions you're giving me here, buddy. Happy to be back. We're, yeah, we're trying to spread some things out. We got a couple of news and notes just to catch up on. Of course, we're going to make fun of the Dallas Cowboys to start because that's one of the most recent news is not only have they signed a horrendous long cat guzzling extension for a kicker uh but now they have apparently hired the i don't know what do they call it now the passing game coordinator who's <laughs> also taking over the play calls uh it, that is uh for, geez did he coach the rams is that true yes oh god that's right he oh he had that awful stint after the uh, greatest show on turf ended and went three and 13 and eight and eight in consecutive years or something like that uh, Mr. Scott uh, Linehan, I hope I'm pronouncing Linehan. that. Linehan. doesn't f-ing matter. He's not going to be in the league for very long anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, how does, if you're Bill Callahan right now, how are you feeling at this moment? I know that the, the initial reports are like, oh, man, I don't, I don't see him leaving, but why would they block, you know, an interview with the Browns? 
if you know if you're going to make this replacement but I, I think that it's an insurance policy now for Jason Garrett's eventual firing and Brandon Lee Gowton what do you make of all of that yeah and this is something that I wrote about last night and honestly like before I even I wrote about this. I was like, man, this is just going to take some time to figure out. Cause like, I, I don't even know uh, the structure. I had to look it up and it, it's just so funny. Uh, there's this article that I had to look up to just to figure this thing out. And the way they phrased it was the Dallas Cowboys have a head coach who used to call a place, an offensive coordinator who called them last year to take over for the head coach that used to call the place. And now they have a new separate play caller, which is <laughs> Scott Linehan as the passing game coordinator calling the plays. And it, it's just such a mess to me. Like, you, it's amazing. You have a guy who you don't trust to call the plays as the head coach, but you're keeping him for some reason. And then you replace, and you replaced him last year with Callahan, but now you don't trust him, but they still want him around, like you said, because they think he can be, like, the interim replacement to Garrett. But if that's the case, then why do you have Garrett in the first place? I mean... <laughs> This is a guy who has led the Cowboys to what? To eight and eight the past three years. They're mediocre. They don't make the playoffs. It's it's just amazing to me that the Cowboys uh, just, it's just amazing. It's amazing how they just put up with this. It's so ridiculous to me. Yeah. And like, you know, I understand the idea. They're trying to copy Chip Kelly. He's the one that brought in all these coaches, right? That's their idea, right? Oh, well, yeah. We're going to do what they did, except the entirely opposite way. And we're just going to make it as complicated as humanly possible for so many hands to be touching the exact same thing. Also, you know, uh, Kiffin now is the assistant head coach. Rod Marinelli, <laughs> Rod Marinelli uh, gets promoted to defensive coordinator. So, James, uh, I mean, the Cowboys just keep giving gifts. First, it's Jay Gruden in Washington. Now all this crap's happening. If I'm an Eagles fan, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, I mean, thank the Lord for, for Jerry Jones, who thought we'd be saying that back in the 90s. I mean, this guy just keeps making mistake after mistake. I, I, I the, It's the, the quintessential description of dysfunction there. Uh, you know, it's a it's just a really bad situation. I actually kind of like Marinelli as a defensive coordinator, but why not just fire Kiffin? Why not just fire Callahan? If you're going to make these changes, make the changes. You know, it, it, it just seems like it's going to end up being an issue with who, you know, who's in charge of what, who, you know, what, as John, you said, too many kind of hands all in the same place. So, uh, and then, of course, a head coach who just doesn't seem to be inspiring. I, I think the Cowboys are in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and Patrick, I, I kind of, I was thinking about this today, and I was just like, you know, they keep doing the in-hiring thing from, you know, from the start of Campo to uh, pretty much every coach that they've hired. And I kind of got thinking, I was like, wow. That's a lot like the Philadelphia Flyers. I was like, they're they're a mess right now too. They keep going backwards, and everybody else is touching things. I mean, how how are you feeling about this right now, sir? You beat me to the comparison. That's exactly what I was thinking, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys start the season out zero three to see Garrett go get the axe pretty quickly. But this is to me how bad this situation is. You have a coach in Bill Callahan who is trying to go to Cleveland rather than stay in Dallas. <laughs> Excellent point. Your your 2014 Dallas Cowboys, ladies and gentlemen, America's team. I mean, and and the other thing, if you're a Dallas Cowboys player, if you're playing on offense, how do you go into this season 
with any sort of confidence in your coach's ability to a coach you up and b be able to handle anything on game day i mean this is like a three stooges situation on the sideline i can just see it now and uh you know hopefully it uh, means two wins for the eagles this this, uh, coming season Thankfully, there is uh, a little bit of Eagles news uh, at a bit, a little bit old, but uh, Bill Lazor is going to be your uh, offensive coordinator down in Miami, but uh, the Eagles end up hiring their old cohort, Mr. Bill Musgrave, so Bills are swapping places, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I really don't think anything of it. Uh, James, is there any difference that you might see uh, in philosophy as far as that goes? I know uh, Musgrave doesn't have the greatest track record, uh, I, I know he's impressed by, uh, or excuse me, I know Chip's impressed by Musgrave's uh, philosophy as far as shortening up the West Coast offense. I've heard stories about that. Do you think that's going to have any impact, in positive or negative, on Foles or Barkley? Uh, you know, I think if it does, it's not going to be something that's necessarily obvious to us. I don't think um, most people kind of know how much of an impact a quarterback coach has on, on a particular quarterback. Um, but... You know, I think obviously Laser. You, if you if you hear the quarterback coach's name, then he's probably either doing something really right or really wrong. You know, so <laughs> I think that uh, you know Laser obviously you know got the OC job in Miami. Uh, you know, is moving up. Seems like a, a bright young star, as it were. So I, I you know I'm not happy about it, but I also agree with you. I, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference. Uh, Musgrave hasn't succeeded as a, an offensive coordinator in his two stints. Um, or excuse me, three stints, uh, Panthers, Jags, and Vikings. But um, he, you know, he's been a quarterback's coach since 97. He played the game. I, I don't think there's going to be a noticeable downgrade because Musgrave is in there. And ultimately, I think it all flows through Chip. And I think that, uh, you know, if, if Chip's okay with it, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, I just want to add uh, one thing with Laser that we saw come out after the Musgrave hiring was uh, something that Jeff McLean reported. He said that, Foles and Laser didn't always see eye to eye on things. Uh, kind of didn't like how uh, Laser's coaching style always. I think Laser was more of a he could be a, you know a hard ass and he can kind of be on Foles. And I think you know Foles is a, a chill guy, uh, and it's really hard to get Foles to complain about anything. Like if you ever listen to a press conference, which we all have, he you know he's not a complainer. So you know maybe there wasn't a good connection there as we might have thought as. Eagles fans, because you look at the, you know, the season Nick Foles had, you do want to give Laser some credit there, but you know, the the guy who deserves all the credit, or at least you know, the majority here is Chip Kelly, and he's still here. So, like James was saying, you know, I don't think it's a huge difference. I think Musgrave makes a lot of sense here because one of the things that uh, he's known for is he has that little play sheet, and fans like to make fun of that. Um, you've ever seen the picture but he kind of has like this really it's almost like a little note card it looks like he's you know he's, it's like you have to like get a magnifying glass just to see what's on there but the thing he believes in is uh in this interview i saw from him back in 2011 when the vikings hired him is he believes in minimal verbiage and you know he, he's really into streamlining things and he said he believes in players playing fast. And I'm reading that and I'm like, oh, this makes this makes all the sense in the world that Chip Kelly's hiring this guy. You know, it's the same kind of philosophy. So I think it's a, you know, it's a it's a hire that makes sense. You know, it's not a huge deal because it's a quarterback coach. But uh, one of the other things the Eagles did recently was uh, they made Michael Clay, who actually used to play at Oregon. He's only 22, which I think is, you know, I think that's pretty funny. He made him the, uh, he's now the defensive quality coach. And that's, yes, it's interesting because uh, Clay just signed with the Dolphins last year as an undrafted free agent. I mean, this is a guy, you know, who easily could be playing in the NFL still. 
But, uh, you know, they hired him as a defensive quality coach. I think that's funny. Yeah, that's a, it's always a good way to get a start. That's actually how local legendary coach Mr. Mike Patine Jr., as he'll be uh, known around here, started out with the Ravens. It's a, you know, it's a good opportunity to get started. So, I, oddly enough, I know I've, I've said it a million times on Twitter at this point so far, but I am really rooting for that guy in an impossible situation in Cleveland. But I got to figure out how to root for him and also against Joe Banner at the same time. So we'll figure that out eventually. But yeah, getting back to your point about the, you know, the kind of maybe not getting along so well with uh, Laser and Foles, I noticed the same thing. So when I yell at Patrick, right, his boner goes down. But when I'm calmer and smoother, it stays up. So I can understand and relate to that very much. (laughs) (laughs) That's just science. uh, Yeah, that's just pure science. Um, But uh, we do want to get into the meat of it, guys. And and the thing is, uh, Patrick, I want to stick with you. Uh, for obvious reasons, because your uh, large meat is in my eyes and I want to talk to it. So how is it or how close are we for this Eagles team to compete with the Seattles and the Denvers and the 49ers and the Patriots of the world? You know, I think the Eagles are a lot closer than we had expected this time last year, obviously. Uh, I, I honestly think it's really as far as Nick Foles can take you. Um, one of the really exciting things to me about this offseason is unless for somehow you trade away Deshaun Jackson and LaShawn McCoy, your team's going to be better than it was last year when they went 10 and 6. And that is very exciting because not only are you going to get an influx of new players with free agency, hopefully in the draft, you're also going to get another year of experience cumulative, cumulatively for your younger players, the classes of um, 11 and 12. So it's it's very exciting to me because I think you're get you're you're seeing the team hopefully take the next step in 14, and you know who knows if they make the playoffs again maybe they get hot at the right time. I don't think they're obviously on the same level as uh, a veteran team helmed by Peyton Manning, but I definitely think that they are on the upswing and I think they're only going to get better for the next couple of years here. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's not just that one thing, you know, a lot of people are going to say like, you know, we need a pass rusher. We need safety. We need this. We need that. I mean, I think it's just another good off season like they had last year. It's kind of Patrick touched on there. It's about, you know, getting the right guys in the draft, uh, you know, not drafting these guys like Danny Watkins and whoever, and you know, these, these guys who aren't going to have the impact and are going to be bust. Uh, it's about hitting on those draft picks it's about uh, you know making good moves in free agency doesn't necessarily have to be spending the big money and I really think that's something we've talked about where you know the Eagles might not spend that big money in the offseason like they did back in 2011 the Eagles kind of they're going to go after the guys who you're not just looking for cheap guys but you're looking you know for guys who are come out of bargain like they gave decent money to Connor Barwin they gave decent money to Kerry Williams off last offseason they didn't give him superstar kind of money because that's not the kind of player they are so I think you're looking at stuff like that you're looking at real solid moves uh maybe you add a flashy move here and there maybe you do make a big move to get a like one big free agent but that's it and then you know you, you're just you really have to count on making those consistent quality moves and really, another big thing that, you know, we always want to talk about moves like free agency in the draft, but you really need player progression. That's, we need to see, you know, Zach Ertz come from a really good rookie year for a tight end to, you know, like being a, like a star almost or a very, very good starting tight end. Or, you know, Benny Logan being a, 
you know, a, a rookie nose tackle who showed some promise to a rookie or second year nose tackle who's, you know, real dominant in the middle. So it's it's not just about adding guys, but taking the guys you have and even Nick Foles, like Patrick said, and even him getting better. So I think you have that combination of just that progression you want to see through the team uh, moving forward next year. And I think that gets them a lot closer to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I mean, hard to follow those two. I agree with everything they said. Um, I think uh, 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 Brandon made a great point that, you know, we all know the Eagles need an edge rusher. We all know they need a safety. You know, we all would like to see them get a bigger wide receiver who can run. Um, but it doesn't come down to those individual moves. Uh, I, I think a lot of the points made, uh, you know, it's player progression. It's bringing in more quality guys. We're going to buy into the system, uh, you know, kind of developing that program for another year uh, and also uh, you know Pat made the point first uh, you know Nick Foles you know I think that uh, it's clearly a quarterback driven league even you know Seattle made it to the Super Bowl because of their defense and their running game but you know uh, if Russell Wilson's not the quarterback of that team there's a very good chance they don't make it so um, you know I, I think all that's important but one thing I'll, I'll touch on that, that uh, the other guys didn't mention is it's also year two for Chip Kelly uh, you know, we got a chance to see what this guy can do in terms of building a program, uh, in terms of, of, you know, excitement in game, in learning from mistakes, in making changes on the fly. And um, I think there's a lot of room for growth there. I, I think he's a, a tireless worker. Uh, he's someone who, you know, is going to keep trying to find a better way to do things and, and innovate. And, uh, you know, I think giving the guy another year in the NFL, another chance to, to understand the game as opposed to the college game and, you know, a chance to be in those in-game situations and get those reps as a coach in the NFL is going to make a major difference. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with, you know, all the things that you guys are saying here. And I, I, to be honest with you, I don't think that they're that far away. I, I think if you get a couple of decent pieces this draft that can play right away, I'm pretty sure you could sm- almost mark them into the championship game or at least very close. Uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, real quick, I agree with you there in the sense that, you know, I think this year has almost been the anomaly uh, with, you know, looking at the league for the past few years in that it's almost always one of the two teams in the Super Bowl, at least, is a, is a hot team that got in because they got hot at the right time and, and won games, whether it's the Giants the two times they won, the Packers when they won. Uh, you know, it, we've just seen it happen a lot over the past few seasons. So uh, I agree. I don't think you necessarily have to be the best team in the league to win the Super Bowl. No, and you ha- and that's and that's even more to my point. I've heard a couple of people say, well, you know, you need – you still need three, four, five, maybe even six – different pieces on defense. I don't think you need six pieces of defense to change that around. I mean, it was pretty good with the players you had already. So if you build on that core, and just like you said, uh, I don't expect the you know the front office to go after your TJ Wards because that name's been thrown around a million times already. Same with, uh, you know, Jarius Bird and all those other free agent safeties that'll probably end up costing you a lot of money, but they're not stop gaps. Those guys, if you're signing those guys, then they're going to start right away. I do think that they sign uh, a safety in the offseason. I don't know who it's going to be, but nobody that's going to be, you know, blow your mind away and also draft one pretty high in the draft. I am still on board with taking a wide receiver and jumping up and going to get it. I want, I've wanted it for so long. I understand that Jeremy Macklin and Riley Cooper, if they come back, that's great. I'm still making wide receiver a priority for the draft coming in. And of course, we'll be talking about that with. Dan and Mike, or Mike for that matter, Dan and Mike in the draft show either this weekend or next Monday. So we want to hear about 
all that good stuff with you. But guys, am I, I, I'm still on the eat it cake type of thing. I, I think that's game changing. If you put two new pieces into that defense and then put a humongous wide receiver into this that has that first round capability, what the hell are you going to do? What the hell are you going to do to stop this team? Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I, I think that if they can add <laughs> if they can add that piece, if they can get a, a legitimate wide receiver in there, someone who can be that type of, uh, of you know, weapon when you've already got Deshaun, you've already got LaShawn, you've got Zach Ertz, you know, another year development. You're bringing back uh, an offensive line that made it through the entire year healthy. You got, you know, one all-pro on the line, uh, two pro bowlers, a, a third arguably in Kelsey. Lane Johnson in his second year, I you know, I... Uh, and then again, what I mentioned before with Chip Kelly in his second year, I think this offense could be devastating. I think, you know, again, I think we it, uh, we got to harken back to what Pat said. I think that it comes down to the fact that we need Nick Foles to, to take that next step, yep. uh, to realize what he can be, what he did this past season. And, you know, obviously he's not going to go 27-2 and two again, but, you know, to but grow it, on that, to I, go, yeah, exactly, know, go 31-10 and 10 or... <laughs> Yeah, but the point is, is we don't need him to go 27 and two. If he can go 31 and 10, or, or you know, 33 and, and nine, or anything along those lines, I mean, that's a an awesome, phenomenal season. And uh, you know, just as long as he grows, as long as you know the the he learns to to fix some of the other mistakes that he makes, uh, you know, can kind of compensate for that as well. I just know there's a lot of people that will listen to this and be like, dude, you don't need a wide receiver. We're fine at wide receiver. Look, you don't get better in this league unless you have more and more playmakers unless you keep improving on what you have i don't care you don't have to make a big the big splash in free agency but if there's a guy out there with that talent level like a kelvin benjamin i am on freaking board with drafting him first there will always be different draft classes where you can piece things together guys chip kelly is all about offense give it to him give yeah, it do, to him do you think chip kelly's ever 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 gonna say oh i think we're about good on offense no he this guy loves scoring he loves points he loves yards he's gonna improve at any chance he can oh man well well i mean i i, I can taste the draft in my mouth so badly just like the other you know 30 some odd teams in this league that and who are fans of that and want to get that going so We'll be ramping that up as soon as the combine gets going and uh, and get into that. But guys, let's uh, let's talk about the game at hand on Sunday, Mister BLG. What is your immediate uh, thoughts on who is going to win this game? Uh, you know, I, I do tend to side with you know the offense more, and I I, I love you know good quarterbacks and everything, I, and I love a good defense too. I really do. I really love watching Seattle and what they do, but. You know, it, it just feels like the year of Peyton Manning to me. You know, this how, how did the season start? It started with Peyton Manning throwing seven touchdowns, and, you know, the whole NFL was talking about him and everything. It was just clear he was on a mission to write what happened uh, last year when they got bounced by the Ravens in the playoffs. He's just on a mission to win this year. I think Peyton gets it done. He gets his second ring. Uh, I really see the Broncos winning this game. And uh, Patrick, this is one of the things that have also been bothering me this week is, and previous before, a, a bunch of a bunch of different talking heads and a bunch of different sports talk people are jumping on and say, well, if Peyton doesn't win this one, then you know he can't be considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, and I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, does does he really need to win this Super Bowl to be considered in that realm? Yeah, last time I checked, uh, nobody was questioning Dan Marino's Hall of Fame credentials. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think Peyton Manning has to prove anything to anyone at this point. Although if, you know, 
for some reason in, in the future when he retires, he has to have that extra feather in his cap when, you know, just holding every single passing record won't do. Uh, second Super Bowl will definitely help his cause. And he would also, if I'm not mistaken, be the first quarterback to win a Super Bowl on two different teams. Correct. Um, which I think just speaks even more volumes about the goat that, in my opinion, Peyton Manning is. Well, yeah, and even just to get to, I mean, there, there's only, I think, a handful of guys that have taken two teams to the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, too. So that alone is just, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And to that, Mr. James Elzer, what does Seattle have to do to kind of slow this guy down here? Well, I'm actually on the opposite side of uh, BLG over there. I uh, I think the uh, Seahawks are going to win this game. Yeah. Uh, I think that the weather, yeah, I think the weather plays into their, you know, into their hands. I think that uh, Denver has lost a lot of playmakers. I think losing Chris Harris in the championship game really hurts. That Big guy time. was their most consistent corner. Uh, I, you know, I think that uh, Seattle's going to be able to run the ball. I think this is going to be run the ball and play defense kind of weather. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it's true. You know, when it's 30 degrees out and you're out there playing football, it's a lot easier. It's a lot you know, better to hand the ball off and kind of pound it out than to try and throw the ball up with the hands cold, with your receiver's hands being cold, with the hits you take. It, I, it just seems like the weather and the stadium are going to play into Seattle's uh, into Seattle's favor. Uh, and also, you know, I, I don't necessarily th- – I think the narrative of, of Manning as a – to struggle in cold weather is a touch overblown, yeah. but I think it's there for a reason. I think that, you know, he's – not quite the same player when elements are against him. And I think it's going to play a role. I really think the Seahawks are going to win. I think that defense is going to come to play. I think they're going to be fired up. And, you know, I I, I just see it. I, I think that too many people are kind of hopping on the Broncos bandwagon. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those times where the no Sean sucks hashtag comes out in full force against a real defensive team here. Uh, I don't think that that offensive line, just like James said, it's missing its best player. That front four is going to have a field day around that, around those guys. And I don't know. I, I'm not saying that it's it's oh, that's all she wrote and you book it on Seattle, but I'm probably going to end up be putting my money later on in the show with them unless somebody can kind of convince me to change my mind otherwise. I just think it, it, to that fact, the cold weather, yes, that's a factor, but Peyton shuffling his feet, going back and forth, Oddly enough, Chris Clemens, you know, whoever thought we'd say that, uh, creating that constant pressure around him when he's moving his feet, he's not that great Hall of Fame quarterback. It, it's going to be tough. And I, I just I just wonder, does just like I think we ask every Super Bowl week, will this game live up to the hype, Mr. BLG? Are you getting pumped, excited? Or are you kind of just meh? You know, whatever, we'll see how it goes. I hope there's a good game and Bruno Mars and the Red Hot Chili Peppers don't suck. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of meh, but that's just that's how I am pretty much about every Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, has that changed for you at all? Is that I mean, like I felt I, I feel like I was more excited to watch the Super Bowl when I was a kid, and I don't know if that's just nostalgia kicking in or is that just too much stuff going on? Yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah. I mean, I'm not like you know, I'm not. I don't get pumped up. You know, I get excited, but you know, I, I, I do enjoy a good game. Uh, you know, it was a great game last year for the most part. I thought you know the. Niners and the Ravens. I, I expect a good game this year. Uh, you know, just there's a lot of storylines that are interesting. You know, because it's it's 
the narrative is, you know, the, the number one offense versus the number one defense. And just the fact that both teams are number one seeds, I think that's great. I think, uh, you know, so many times you get these teams, like James kind of alluded to earlier, that just get hot and they're really not necessarily the best team. Kind of like, you know, like the Giants have been there and even kind of like the Ravens last year. So I, I'm expecting a good game. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent to be seen. Uh, there should be a lot of well, there could be a lot of points if, you know, Peyton has his day. There could be a lot of big plays on defense if Seattle has their day. I don't think it's going to be a boring game by any means because just the fact you have these two different styled teams and you have exciting players. Peyton Manning is exciting to watch. Richard Sherman <laughs> is obviously exciting Who's that? To watch. I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, but I don't think we've <laughs> talked about him enough yet. But, um, you know, Marshawn Lynch is just a beast when he runs. And, I mean, come on, Skittles. and That was the coolest thing ever. Can we just agree on that? Skittles endorsing finally Marshawn Lynch. It's about time. He's about that action, boss. <laughs> so yeah, it should be a good game. I'm expecting a good game. Definitely. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I am a little jazzed up for it too because I think I'm slightly rooting for Seattle just because I don't know. I don't know what it is. I. I. I, I am too, I, John. I'm with you. I'm rooting for Seattle, and I can tell you exactly what it is. It's the fact that Oklahoma City hijacked their their basketball team, a championship winning <laughs> basketball team. And sports karma is in their favor. They deserve a championship. That's why. And Seattle's a cool town. They're good people out there. It is. It's a good sports town. I think it's. I think people, uh, because of their success lately, are starting to, you know, be like, oh god, these Seattle fans. Ugh, the loudest. It's actually the stadium. Look, guys, it, it, we would be doing the same thing. We'd be touting all over the place. Oh, we yes. have that kind of swag. We'd be putting our dicks on the table and saying, "Line up, motherfucker." Let's go. Uh, but, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be a fun game. Uh, there's a couple of good nuggets that I heard. Uh, one actually being that I think Eric Decker and uh, a whole bunch of other Denver players were all some, in, in some club in, uh, in Chelsea until 4 a.m. just rocking it out and, and dancing and drinking their asses off. So I don't know if that's a factor in the uh, betting scenarios you might have. I just thought that was kind of interesting. And then uh, Sports Illustrated came out. Anybody know that Pete Carroll flew unannounced to go try and snap up um, Peyton Manning two years ago? That was kind of crazy. Could you imagine Peyton Manning being on Seattle right now? Do you realize what kind of destructive team that would be? That would be historic. I don't think anybody could beat him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, we're yes. going to get into the uh, predictions here on this game later. Uh, we've already tipped our hand, basically. But the fun part about all this, obviously there's not enough games to bet on because there's one, but there is plenty and plenty of prop bets for the Super Bowl. So let's start ringing everybody's bell. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right. Well, uh, Sir James and I have, a, a, I mean, it is a freaking laundry list of, of, of uh, prop bets. This is a, a, a shout out to RJ Bell from pregame. Absolutely. These are fantastic. He uh, wrote the 115 most interesting Super Bowl props. And James, please start us out with one of 115. Okay, um, this is one I, I find very interesting. It's obviously, um, it, it's kind of a long shot, but uh, what is the chance that the game is decided by exactly three points? Uh, yes is plus 350, no is minus 400, so some action coming in on uh, 
Oh, no. Um, not to tip my hand too much, but I, I think this is an interesting bet. Wow. We wow. Man. Uh, what is it for yes again? It is plus 350 for yes. Ooh, I would lean towards the plus 350. If I, I, I think I, so, too. I'm with I, you. I, I think this is a close game. I, 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 I like I think if I put a, a hundred clamshells and to walk away with a 450 would be fantastic. Brandon? All right. I have to get into the weird thing. So we're going to start <laughs> off. It's a 50-50. It's will any Red Hot Chili Peppers members be shirtless during their performance? I saw it. Take their shirt off. Are you kidding me? Like the, They have to be. That's, yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm with you, Brandon. I, I mean... Has Fleet ever worn a shirt? Exactly. When, I, mean, I don't know if he wears a shirt in everyday life, much less when he's performing. They didn't even used to wear clothes at all. Yeah, I mean, to, yeah, this is a no wear brain. socks. Uh, yeah. on their where's the, where's the yeah. prophet on the socks over the junk? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the perfect time to break it out, right? Cold Super Bowl. Yeah. After this, yeah. After this, yeah. yeah. We're going to play it safe and bring Bruno Mars and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, my God. They're wearing socks on their dick. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, uh Man, I get, you know what though? It's cold weather. It's cold weather. If this was in New Orleans or Florida, Anthony Kiedis and Flea totally shirtless to rock it out. I'm gonna go against the green. Oh no. wow! Well, it's fifty-fifty, so you're kind of <laughs> going, you know, along the green. <laughs> oh, fifty-fifty. Well, <laughs> really. Well, here's the thing: it says during the performance, so that doesn't. So they Ooh. can come out, you know, with the shirt on. But like James said, they might, you know, they might rip it off or something. Look at that. Uh, one of the other ones I really like is always matching up against different NBA scores. Yes. Uh, so the, uh, the uh, these are cr- will uh, Dwight Howard uh, free throws missed. It's uh, two to one or even money versus the total sacks by both teams in the Super Bowl. So how many free throws that Dwight Howard misses? Even money versus a two to one total sacks in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm gonna take the total sacks in the Super Bowl. Yeah, huh? yeah. You know, I mean, I know he's a terrible free throw shooter, well, but yeah, but we got you know, you know, a team that can really rush the passer against you know teams that uh, I think that could be interesting. Yeah, how about this cross square one? LeBron James points on two one versus the Knicks is. <laughs> Favored by five and a half over Seattle's total points. Tanya, I love this one, guys. I think we got a low-scoring game coming. LeBron James hates the Knicks. I see LeBron James scoring more than five and a half points more than Seattle. It's going to happen, guys. Wow. I like it. Patrick, I got one for you, buddy. Uh, this is uh, times shown on TV. Eli Manning, the over-under is one and a half times. If you bet the over... It's minus 140 if it's the under, plus 100. I feel like, well, see, I, I'll give away my prediction. I have the uh, I have the Broncos winning, so I feel like you're going to see Eli Manning about five times in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, this is lost. Stupid grin Locks. to end the season. We're yeah, that's a lot for the over. Yeah, I, I actually bet heavy on both. Archie Manning's over-under is one at minus 160 for the over. I think... Yeah, because they'll be sitting together. You could you could win that at the same time and just jump up and freak out. So basically, all they, they have to be shown twice. I think if I'm a uh, Floyd Mayweather betting, dude, did Floyd Mayweather ten point four million dollars? And I, I I can't remember if he bet on the Broncos or Seattle. Ten point four million dollars. What are you doing? I mean, that's just 
Whatever you want. <laughs> hey, yeah, exactly. You're worth two hundred plus million dollars. It's like, ah, uh, you know, I, I make it an interest. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, James, throw see, me another one, buddy. Here, here's something. I'll tell you what Floyd should be doing. Lock of the night, <laughs> plus two fifty odds that it does happen. Chance that No. Sean Moreno cries during the oh, national. Oh yeah. <laughs> see, this going down. I, uh, can we just take a second to, to talk about No. Sean's tears? I, it might. It's like a natural phenomenon. I've never yeah. seen anything like it in my life. They were like buckets pouring out of his <laughs> eyes. I've never seen anything like it. Oh man, yeah. This. Um, I got. Uh... We'll do a couple more here. I've got one final one here. This is pretty, pretty good. Uh, the MVP speech. So whoever's named the MVP of the Super Bowl, we'll mention first uh, teammates. That's going off at two to one. Uh, damn, I believe it's shit. Damn shit at five to two. Uh, fans at five to one. The other team, seven to one. The coach, 12 to one. Family, 12 to one. The owner, 25 to one. None of the above going on at four to one. Yeah, uh, John uh, or uh, the owner at twenty five to one. That's a, that's a decent bet right there. I guess it'd be Pat Bolin though. He's probably not going to go Pat Bolin first. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. It's a tough call right there. If it's especially if it's Marshawn Lynch, because who knows what he's going to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, speaking of speaking of the Super Bowl MVP odds, I think there are only three names you need to look at. If the Broncos win it, Peyton Manning's your MVP. I, I, yeah. I think. Proved that last time around when he did not have a particularly good game and still won the MVP for the Colts. Um, but but otherwise, the only other two names, uh, you know, Russell Wilson at four to one and Lynch at five to one. Manning is uh, better than even odds, uh, one hundred to win one twenty, um, or a little worse than even odds. Excuse me. Um, but I uh, I think Russell Wilson or Marshawn Lynch could be an interesting play, especially if you think the Seahawks are going to win. Absolutely. Well, let's get to the big bet, the one that we've all been waiting for. You've got the Broncos favorites at minus three. That's a pretty dead even line, if you're in my opinion. It's just a slightly better edge. Brandon Lee Gowton, where are you going, sir? Well, I took the Broncos to win earlier, so I have to be consistent here. And I'm going to take them to win this as well. And I'm thinking that Broncos offense likes to score points. So I'm going to go with the offense here because, you know, I respect a good defense, but when a, when a great offense has its way, I think they get what they want. And I think it's going to be Broncos, 34, Seahawks, 30. Wow. So it just, just makes oh, it. Another nail-biter. Mr. Patrick Wall, where are your uh, chips lying, sir? I also uh, went with the Broncos, and I will stay with my fearless editor's uh, belief that you should stay with what you said early in the podcast. So I'm going to stay with Broncos. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Robot James. Robot James. Uh, James Elzer, where are you at, my friend? Well, as I, I alluded to before, I think the Seahawks win. I, I think it's going to be a close, close game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, obviously, I think if it gets into a higher-scoring game, the Broncos have a much likelier chance to come out victors. Uh, but I think the Seahawks win it 20-17. to 17. I'm obviously going to take the points. Uh but uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring football game. I think the weather is going to play a role in the sense that uh, it's just going to be a, a slowed-down type of game. It's going to be cold out there. Uh, I think it's going to take a little while for both teams to get going. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be 2017 Seahawks. I'd like the Seahawks to win the game outright. And, uh, you know, I'm going to def- – I'll take the points uh, don't get me wrong. I'll take the points, but uh, I think I could. Uh, you could win some money on the money line as well. And one last prop bet I'll throw out there while oh, I have yes. the mic. Um, I, I believe that, and I, I believe this will will get mentioned. 
there is a yes is plus 350, no is minus 600. So obviously no, Ooh. far more likely. Do the announcers say marijuana during the game? Oh, I'm saying yes. I'm 20. I mean, those are some great odds. Plus 350. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's you know, that's it's money in the bank right there. Yeah. What are you thinking? Go out, you know, more as, as Mike Missinelli would say, go out, take out a mortgage on your house, put it on that. <laughs> Put the money back after, and then you made some extra money. I am, uh, I am making two bets in this game. The first bet, I am definitely taking the under. It's at forty-seven. I'm taking the under on forty-seven. I am taking the Seattle Seahawks outright, as they are plus one fifteen on the money line. I think that's uh, good enough for me to say, hey, uh, you probably have more than a puncher's chance to win this thing. I expect it to be really close. I think it is going to be Seattle 24, Denver 21. And I think it's right on that line of just being over on points. And uh, I look for an exciting last minute. I think Seattle wins this in a, uh, in a field goal fashion, uh, a la, you know, Patriots from 2001. So I think it's going to be one of the best Super Bowls that we've seen in a while. Uh, but overall, I just want to see a good game because more than likely, all of us are going to be wrong, and the earth will blow up, and, you know, something crazy will happen like that. But um, more of this stuff as uh, we're going out here, guys. We'll be gathering up as more Eagles news comes across. We'll be heavily involved in free agency and in the draft uh, and all that good stuff. So uh, for Brandon Lee Gouton, for James. I have a final thought. Oh, excuse me, sir. Go right ahead. Well. Pro Bowl MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, of course. Winning a new car and hopefully giving it to G.J. Kenny. Uh, yeah, what's he going to do with that car? Anybody say, is he keeping it? Uh, he no. might keep it to G.J. Yeah, you never know. He's, he's selling it. He's giving it to somebody. He's not keeping well, he's it. Not, he's not making that much, though, right? He may, 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 yeah, maybe, but that's why he could sell it. He could sell it, yeah, you know. True. Brand, Brand new, new car. <laughs> Come on. Come on. He, I bet he could get half what it's worth. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, you know, it's going to be a uh, hopefully exciting uh, couple of weeks here on BGN Radio. Don't forget to follow us, BGN underscore radio. And heads up, there's another contest coming along. Our friend Dan Klossner making some uh, sponsorship deals as we speak. So we're going to be giving away some really awesome T-shirts from uh, a place that everybody knows. And that will be coming up here soon. But once again, for Brandon Lee Gouton, for James Elser, and for the professor himself, Mr. Patrick Wall. I'm John Barchard. Thank you for listening to episode number 21 of BGN Radio. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. 